and welcome to My Xbox and Me, episode 170. Oh my god, this show's been going for a long time now. I am one of your hosts, MC Fixer. And oh my god, Resident Evil is out. Snowbite Mike, how you doing? Oh my gosh, I've never been more scared in my life. You know, I went to bed a couple nights ago just sweating bullets, <laughs> dreaming that zombies and liquors were trying to eat me. Mm-hmm. Haven't gotten that far into it. Well... Pretty hold on, hold on, like hold on. We'll get there. So we'll, we'll get there. We'll it. get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, remember, you can get this show early if you head over to patreoncom mcfixer. Uh, go subscribe to the YouTube channels: youtubecom mcfixer, youtubecom Mike, and youtubecom myxboxandme. Of course, uh, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Spotify, where the show goes up live later for everybody else um, on uh, every Friday. So. There you go. It's usually Thursday night UK time, like 12 o'clock. So Americans actually get it Thursday daytime for them, I think, some of them. Time zones are a thing, whatever. Community game night. It happened. It was uh, it was a, a fun one. Short one, but fun one. Uh, first things first, Mike, I've got to get some things out of the way. Little Smitty. Matthew, how you doing, son? How you doing? Where was you? You sent me a tweet. You sent me a tweet. You said, oh, yeah, fix, I'm going to be there. Put the time off work. Duh, 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 duh. Did he show up? No. Did he message me? No. Did he tweet me? No. Did he anything me? No. Did he come on watching the stream? No. So I'm calling him out. You've been called out, sir. I know you said you were sick in the Facebook group, but I don't care. It's not good enough. But we'll talk about that in a little bit more. Next community game night. The months are rolling on, so we got to keep going. Uh, next month, the last Saturday. Oh, my God, I ain't got my diary. Let me see if I can pick it up real quick. Last Saturday of the month will be the 23rd? Yes, 23rd of February, and we'll be playing Crackdown 3. Book it off now. I don't want to hear excuses, uh, but we'll talk about how my Halo experience in just a second. Mike, how are you? I am doing well, Fix. I'm awake. I'm alive. I'm looking good. You're looking good. And gosh darn it, I put some good time into my Xbox this week, and I cannot wait to talk about all the cool things I got to play. We've got so much news, and obviously we've both been playing a lot of games. But there's a lot of chatter this week. There's a lot of chatter this week. I've got to admit, the camera come on, and you looked all you look way better now. Like before <laughs> the camera was on, you was like, oh, the camera come on, it's like, yeah, let's go. I'm like, what? How did he do that? He's like a super. He's like Superman when he just like pulls off his shirt. He's just like, I'm like, what the hell? Stop waving to the queen. <laughs> but let's jump into what's been in our box. Um, Let's start. Let me start with Halo. Then we'll talk about Anthem. Then we'll get into Resident Evil. I think that's the best way to go. Deal. I've um, played all three of those games. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so yeah, played Halo Five with uh, Danone, Stu, Eldozo, uh, Angel Boy. Crash jumped in for a little bit, and Yami jumped in for a little bit. But they were having connection issues where they kept dropping out as we loaded into matches, um, which was really interesting. And then they just got frustrated. I was like, I'm not doing this no more. They they pulled a I don't really want to play this game Resident Evil's out right now. I'm going to go do something else. And I was like, hey, that's not how Game Night works, boys. That's not how Game Night works. But yeah, um, Halo. Not a bad game, actually. As much as I sit here and I sit here and I uh, I guess I slag it off. I don't really think I slag it off. I just sort of, it's not my type of game. Uh, we played online. I did okay. You know, I wasn't I wasn't brilliant, obviously, but I wasn't bad. Sniper in that game is a lot of fun, I have to admit. Mm. I didn't realise mm. how fun sniping and I was actually I wouldn't say I was good at it, that's not this but I got kills and I was like, Oh, oh, this feels good. We was playing this mode where you load in with different guns every time. Um yes. which was Fiesta mode. Fiesta, that's it. Um, which was a ton of fun. So like but the we had like a whole team at one point. Haley played for a little while, she was like this isn't for me. No, thank you. She got out really quickly. I was like, okay, H, I got you, girl. But yeah, um, so played Halo, enjoyed that. Played the Warzone mode, enjoyed that. Played the PvE oh. Warzone mode as well, enjoyed that. So overall, I just had a fun time with Halo. Will I be going back? Probably not. Probably not. But I played it. Now everyone can get off my back. All right? All right. There you go. That's all that matters. <laughs> I mean, it's a good time to load back and have some Halo fun with your friends, especially with the open games where they're not exactly ranked games. You yeah. can just drop in, drop out, not worry about it. And Warzone was a very interesting game mode for them to put out in Halo 5 where the original Warzone was 
12 v 12 to 24 versus 24 yeah. in a large scale map with PVE elements along with base takeover, which was a lot of fun and very interesting to do. Now, of course, as they evolved with it, they have that just straight up. You get 12 guys and you yeah. play kind of like a wave after wave horde mode, yeah. which is a fun time too. And you know, it's something cool and easy to switch it up instead of that constant PVP exactly. getting your palms sweaty and really battling. Is that that's exactly what we did? It was we played PvP. A lot of people dropped out, and I was like, "Oh, let's try this other mode." Tried that the PVE mode that was fun. And I was like, "Oh, if that's fun, let's try it against other people and with the PVE." And that was even more fun. I was like, "Oh, this is actually pretty cool." So, yeah, it was a good time. It was definitely definitely a good time. But no one really wants to hear about that, Mike. Let's talk about Anthem for a second. You played it, uh, I assume. I played it. I had a, a great weekend. The only day I had issues was Friday night, the initial release. Yeah. I did not get to play from the windows of 1 p.m. West Coast, Best Coast time until about 9 p.m. 9 p.m. is when the tr servers truly kicked on. It seemed like for everybody where it was like, hey, we're all loaded in. Let's get it. So I played about an hour night one. And then Saturday, Sunday, I got a fair amount of time with this. Probably finished the beta with about eight hours total of gameplay. So Damn. I played a fair amount. Yeah, I played I played it. I tried to get in, obviously, day one. Uh, tried to load in for about two hours on stream. Didn't work. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to play Resident Evil. That's out. I've got more important things to be doing right now. Um, but I'll get to that. And then I played the day after. And I played 10 minutes. And then my aunt turned up, who's my landlord. And she wanted to talk about things, about the house and stuff. And I was like... Oh, crap. And I'm in the middle of a stream. I was like, bye, guys. I literally just turned off my stream and had to go. So I played it for 10 minutes. I have my opinions in those 10 minutes, but I would say take it with a pinch oh. of salt because I played about literally a whole mission. So probably more than 10 minutes, probably about 20 minutes. But Mike's got eight hours. I've got 20 minutes. I would take everything I say with a pinch of salt because I could be talking out my butt cheeks for a little while until the game fully comes out. Um, did you like what you played, Mike? I actually really enjoyed what I played, and I think that was made by having three friends with me for a squad of four. The flying mechanic was really cool to add to that. You know, when we first played Destiny, that kind of hover and yeah. double jump mechanic kind of caught you off guard. And you said, wow, that's fun. And you were doing different moving mechanics with that. The flying mechanic takes it to a whole nother level. You become Iron Man in this video game, and it is truly the coolest experience around because not only were we flying through the skies fighting off scary pterodactyl monsters but then all of a sudden we found this pool of water where we dove straight in and all of a sudden we were swimming we were flying through the water and then came out of this waterfall and just kept flying through it was awesome yeah man i like i say i had a i played it for 10 minutes with 20 minutes with crash um we played one mission I enjoyed it. I, the one thing I noticed straight away was how fluent it felt. It didn't. I thought it was. It when you look at the gameplay, it looks quite floaty. I think, um, but it, it doesn't feel that way. It actually feels really nice when you're flying. Um, one thing I noticed, which was I assume they're going to expand upon even more so, which is the way they did level design, which is. With the flying element, it means you're not just looking straight, 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 straight. You're looking up. You're looking in certain areas because you need to fly over a mat and stuff like that, um, which was really interesting, quite cool. Um, I liked everything that I played. I did have some performance issues, and that's something that I do want to talk about real quickly. Like, Crash was telling me on From the Gamers, my other podcast I do, which you should all check out. Um, episode 5 is going to be up on Wednesday before this even comes out, so go check that out. Um, and there's this mechanic for when you're flying and you get shot or you get hit where the camera sort of shakes. And I thought that was a performance issue and it wasn't. It's part of the game. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. It makes everything seem a little bit more blurry and which I'm guessing that's what it's meant to do. But it really threw me off and I didn't like that aspect of it um other than that the, the shooting feels great obviously um flying feels great the hub world i like the look of the hub world i don't like the fact it's in first person not third person mm. um i get what they're going for with that though which is that's where you're going to be getting the majority of your story i assume your character development your um you choosing what it is you do, um, et cetera, et cetera. And to go up close and be able to see the person's face and see their expressions and stuff like that makes more sense in first person. 
than it does in third. But I just don't like walking around third at first and then going out and being third. It doesn't didn't work for me. Uh, what did you think of the hub world? Uh, I think the hub world was pretty cool looking. It reminded me of Destiny. Like, here's a small landscape that you can walk around. Not much to do here in the beta, but of course that will expand. You'll be able to buy more items. You'll be able to play more in the Forge. Yeah. So I wasn't too interested in the hub world. I think what caught me more was that shooting mechanic like you touched on. Shooting felt tight. Yeah. I think the special abilities of your bumpers was really cool to start off with the wrist rockets. And then... uh I jumped up. I don't know if you got to play a I different get, javelin, no, I didn't get but that, like that changed the game for me. So when you went from the standard javelin to one of the three unlockable javelins, I got to choose the storm, which is going to be very closely compared to the warlock class in Destiny. And this one took that gameplay to a whole nother level because now all of a sudden, instead of a wrist rocket, I shot out ice shards on enemies that then froze them. Uh. On the opposite side, I could call down a giant beam of lightning and strike it on top of an area and it would cause AOE damage instead of the grenade from the first one. Yeah. And then my special move, I had three different AOE attacks that would go in consecutive order. So I'd do lightning, I'd do kinetic damage, and then I'd do a fire damage. And it was super cool to be flying and then be able to pick where those AOE attacks would go. So I'd go one, two, and three and yeah. really drop some fun ones. I did enjoy the standard suits uh, special move, which was like the Iron Man multiple rockets yeah, at yeah. a time they could shoot out. Yeah. That was really cool. Didn't get any time with the big javelin or the Ranger Javelin, but I have seen people play the Ranger, a.k.a. Shroud played it, and he made it look insane, flying, dropping down on people at short range, then flying out, jumping all around. It was cool. And so the Javelins definitely got me where I was like, man, this is interesting. I think the world itself is beautiful. I think the enemy types are cool. Remember when we first played Destiny, we all said, wow, look at these different enemy types from the Fallen to blah, blah, blah. And then after five years now, we've said, man, I'm kind of tired of these things. Yeah. So I think that's the feeling right now that I got of like, wow, look at these cool scorpion things. Look at that pterodactyl thing flying. Oh, look at these other robots. So it felt fresh. It felt new. And I think that's that new you know, car smell, as you would call it, yeah. when you open up this beta and start playing it. Yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. Again, you've got way more game time than I did. But... um everything that i played felt nice um and like i said i did have a little the performance issues what really shook me uh which was they've come out and said that it wasn't due to servers it was the demo they had put up it wasn't um it, it wasn't performing well um and that was something i'm like oh i'm a bit worried about this in maybe for the first week it'll be a bit shaky and it will get better yeah but that's not what i expect from a bioware ea game like for me it's like they're a big company they've got a lot of money and uh, the conversations that are going around right now is that maybe they should have delayed this um if this is how they're shipping a demo people are starting to get a little bit worried about how it's going to feel um going forward I'm not worried about that. I do think eventually when the first game fully launches, it will be okay. But I do want to put that out there for people who didn't get to play. Um, there was performance issues. I did have uh, lag. I did have, uh, obviously, server problems. And like I said, there was a few things with the screen that I didn't enjoy. Um, but other than that, the gameplay itself, flying, shooting, um, the world, like Mike said, all felt great. So that was, That's that was cool. pretty good. Well, here's one for you before we move on. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've some people out there in the Twitterverse, some great articles up about how they called this a VIP demo, yeah. which might have had your mindset and your expectations set a little bit differently. Should they have called this a beta, which it truly might have been? Would that have tempered your expectations of being more understanding of bugs, frame rate drops, issues with the load in, load out? Because that was the conversation people started to have of like, they called it a VIP demo, and now we expect more from it, as opposed to what it probably really was, was, hey, this is an online beta. We're going to roll it out this week. Then we're going to have a bigger beta next week where you guys are really going to push these servers, test the limits of the video game before our launch. Would that have changed your maybe outlook or mindset on this? Not for me, no. Um, I didn't go in with any expectations. I have, like, no expectations for Anthem. Like, it's just, I need, right now, for my job and for what I do for a living and... Um, I need new video games, and Anthem, I've done it with Destiny, it's pretty much like that, Destiny never got me, ever, but I bought 
Destiny 1, I bought Destiny 2, I bought a season pass for both of them. Um, not the expansions, but always season pass, which is the big mistake that I always make. Um, this is the same with this game, where it's just a case of, I've got no expectations. I've said, I said on From the Gamers yesterday, um, like, I don't have that affinity for Bioware like other companies do. Mass Effect wasn't my thing, um, but this is really interesting and I don't have any expectations. I just want a cool game that me, you, and two others can jump in, shoot things, grand loot, level up javelins, boom. That's all I need. And that's that looks to be what it's going to provide. So, cannot wait for that. Okay. Mike, let's talk about a little game called Resident Evil 2. Oh my god. So, before we start, I have not finished the game fully. I have done Leon A., I'm halfway, I'd say I'm probably halfway through Claire B. Um, but Hayley wanted to go to bed yesterday, and I was like, no, stay up. She's like, no, I've got to go to bed. I've got to get up for work. I'm like, okay. She's like, so I get to finish that on Wednesday with her. Um, do you, I'm going to go off on a huge tangent. So let's talk about you first before we get to my favorite game of all time being remade. What did you think, and how long did you play, and who did you start with? I chose Leon to start. Smart man. I have now gotten all the medallions. That's where I finished. So oh. I got to a point where I had cleared out the the top, the mm. first three levels, right? Mm -hmm. Before I picked up any medallions, because I've never played this, didn't know what was happening, mm -hmm. right? So I'm clearing out rooms. I'm, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, man, I felt like I've gone through everything. I can't find anything. Yep. Now I'm looking at the map and like, Picking up extra herbs that I missed. Go over there, grab that Wait. ten handgun ammo that I really didn't need. But like, I was like, oh, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. This is what I guess I should do right now for my twenty minutes of gameplay that I so, still have left before bed. Yeah, let me stop you right there. So you're talking about the map. So when you open the map now in Resident Evil, you can see if you touch things or you're in the certain area, depending on what difficulty you play on, uh, you can see everything on the map, which that wasn't in the previous games. So oh, for, for cool. new people like you, that's like, and obviously, and it's great for me as well because it's a quality of life fix, but it makes the game so much more accessible to people that don't like Metroidvania likes or it just makes it so it's like, oh, back in the day, it was like, where did I leave that herb? Where did I leave those bullets? Oh God, I've got to go around. And now it's like, you left them in this room over here. Do you want to go and travel over there to get them? Where you may didn't kill a liquor, you may not have killed a zombie, you may not have, and oh, but carry on. I just wanted to put that out there. Oh no, like you said, it makes the accessibility so much better, and it's really cool to think of when I first started the level design, how many doors were open. Then as I progressed throughout that mission, or you know, my starting point, uh -huh. how many shortcuts I had opened up, which door I could go through. Now I'm memorizing the map of like, okay, this is over there, so yep. I don't have to go on the full length. I can take the shortcut over to here. Take a quick left because I'm looking at the map and I'll be there. And so super fun, super exciting. I have a rule on my stream that I'm trying not to curse on stream. I'm trying to be better, <laughs> which on a normal night, I'm really good at. Go on on a scary video game night, I think I got up to about 30 curses ah, in a, a matter of, you know, the hour or two mm -hmm. hours I played. So it was super fun. I think everybody enjoyed it. It had some great jump scares. The zombies look beautiful. Yeah. I saw Claire. She's at the door with me face to face. I'm like, well, let her in, Leon. Let's go. Let's go. She's like, I got to go. And I'm like, don't go, babe. Don't go. And she left me. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. And then I got to the part, like I said, where I had picked up every item on the map that I could see. I felt confident in what I have done. And I looked to the chat. I said, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And thankfully, somebody came in and was like, hey, in your notebook, you've seen all these statues. Now you need to go to them and unlock them, right? Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, cool, that's smart. Well, unfortunately for me, I chose the first statue up on the third floor yeah. where once you open it up, here comes the liquor out of nowhere, yep. which I was not pleased about because <laughs> I couldn't hide from him. He was in full, I'm going to yeah. kill you mode no matter what happens. So there I am panicking, I'm running. He's chasing me down hallways. I'm like, I thought you would just stop chasing me, my guy. Nope. And so I got through him. I picked up the other two medallions, and that's where I've stopped. So yeah. very exciting. I love it. And similar to your friends out on Community Game Night, it's on my mind. I want to continue playing. Yeah. yeah. Um, just uh, where do I start? Um, Resident Evil 2 remake is everything I hope for and more. Um, I was saying, I've been saying it to a lot of people, which is, you know, when I when I sit down and talk about Resident Evil 2 as, it, as it's my favourite game of all time, 
Um, this is what I imagine. Like, I don't imagine the polygon characters. I don't imagine the the bad graphics. I don't imagine the liquor not looking scary or the zombies looking bad on OG2. Like, when I imagine that game, this is what I saw. Which was a dark, gritty, scary, mature story that actually makes goddamn sense now. Because 2 doesn't actually make that much sense. As much as I love it and I think it's amazing, um, it didn't. And now, like I said, the quality of life fixes... The the all the you've been reading all the the articles and the books and stuff all the the files you've been finding have you been reading them? Uh, no, no, oh. I've read a couple and then I got to the point where I was like, oh my god, I'm in a panic. We're not gonna read this. We're just gonna go shoot and kill. Okay, and cool. Survive. You still get you still get the majority of the story. Back in the day, if you didn't read those things, you didn't know what the hell was going on. So mm. now they do a great job of expanding upon Raccoon City and the police station, and it all makes sense why there's. I don't want to spoil it for you, so I'm not going to say too much because you've never played it, but why certain things happen, why there's certain areas, why this, why that, it all makes sense. And that's not something you can say about many Resident Evil games, if I'm honest. As much as I know it because I've read the Wikipedias and I've read every book and I've read this and I've... It's like, I always say to people, it's like my version of Kingdom Hearts. Some people get it and some people don't. That's pretty much what it is. If you have dove in deep on this then you've got it, and now it's made it accessible to everyone. I was obviously concerned, no, no fixed camera angles. I think they made the right decision. I think that I finally am on board with the fact that the fixed camera angles is something that was a gameplay restriction back in the day that they had to do, which made the game scarier. They don't need to do that anymore. They know how to make a game scary now with dark and using a flashlight on the top of your gun and these zombies that are just keep coming at you the zombies are actually scary all of the time it never becomes oh. a time that you're like oh that's not scary anymore no it just keeps happening um i don't want to say too much because you haven't got to certain points so i think what we'll do is we'll put a pin in it and we'll elaborate on it n more next week um, I'd love to, if anyone wants to reach out and do a spoiler cast for this game, I'm totally down to, which, again, it's so weird, because it's a remake, um, everyone, the spoilers are just, people are just very much like, oh my god, this, 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 but I know there are so many people that may be listening to this, like yourself, that have never played OG uh, 2, that you're going to get to experience some of the great, 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 great moments in this game for the first time, and I don't want to be the one that spoils it, so I'm not going to, but just know this is everything that I ever wanted. Um, there are there are so many moments in Resident Evil 2 um, remake where if you as soon as you walk in the police station for the first time, if you listen to the soundtrack, it's actually a remix of the original soundtrack with a lot of like with some changes. But I literally stood there for about five minutes going, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh like it was it was just everything that I wanted." It, the voice actors do a great job. I know it's not the original voice actors that some people are a little bit worried about. Um, I think they do a fantastic job of embodying those characters. Um, and yeah, I just I, I cannot wait to finish Claire B um, and then do Claire A, Claire Leon B. But yeah, there's still a lot of there's still a lot of a lot of work in this game. I've not added the story on for this week, but the um, director um, of the remake has already said that if people want Resident Evil 3, all you have to do is say, and they will do it. I think that game's already in pre-production. I think they are, they're making... We're going to get into plenty of stories about Resident Evil soon. But um, they're making a ton of money. So I am so thankful that this is a thing that I was be, I was able to stream it and nerd out. Mr. Moody was in my chat most of the time. He was like, it's so nice to see you be able to be a nerd. I don't think people really get it. Like, I'm, I am a nerd, like everyone, but I've got this, this weird tough exterior sometimes that maybe doesn't break down all the time. But this was my one thing where I'm sat there like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, like the whole time. And Moody, Moody just seemed to really enjoy it. Um, there's certain moments that just embodied what this game is, so I'm so thankful. But yeah, once I've... Um, Finish Claire B. I'll be able to review the game fully. And uh, we'll come back and do that next week, I think. Yeah? Love it. Okay. Uh, let's get into the topic of the show this week, Mike. Uh, topic of the show this week is all about Xbox Boss. S says Microsoft is going... Uh, sorry, is going, quote, as big as E3 as ever. As we've ever been. 
Speaking to one of the faces of the Xbox brand, Larry Major Nelson Herb, in an interview, the topic of E3 eventually came up with the conversation starting about PlayStation announcing it would skip the show in the fall. Quote, There was obviously some news uh, about E3 back in the fall, and we had a discussion internally of, quote, should we go big? Uh, should we save some money? Or should we save some money? You know, what does that mean? Spencer continued noting that ultimately the team decided the curveball from Sony wasn't going to change Microsoft's plans. Quote, saying, We just said, no, we're going to do our thing. We're going to go and be as big at E3 as we've been. I love that opportunity to be with our fans and the industry. Mike. Do we see the Xbox Scarlet Project X clad, uh, the Xbox Scarlet 2 Mini, whatever it is? Um, do we see all of this at E3? Do you think Xbox brings everything? That's a great question, Fix. You know, I've been on the hype train of let's go extremely big and drop the bomb on everybody, control the media cycle. And it's nice to hear the minds over at Xbox thinking probably the similar thing that I am of like, let's take this E3 over. Now, when I hear that, I kind of roll back a little bit. So on my side, I think now they look at it as let's own the fan experience by taking over floor space, being inside and outside the E3 Expo and mm -hmm. drop a lot of fun fan fest type things. So now I'm thinking maybe not talking about hardware and more talking about Hey, the fans, let's connect on a deeper level. Let's have you all come together to share the word of Xbox. Enjoy a lot of memorable moments playing Xbox around the show floor and outside. So I think they're going to go for more of a fan fest feel now here, as opposed to we're going to drop the bomb on you, which, of course, I want the bomb to be dropped. <laughs> I want to know about the next hardware. Yeah. I want them to control this. But at the same time, I think they're going to play that close to their chest and they're going to look at it as more of like, hey, man, we can take over the show floor and outside. We can have a giant Xbox fan fest with a bus with different video games that everybody can play and everybody can enjoy, whether you're an attendee or just somebody walking by. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. I think that we see I think you're 100% right with they're going to double down on fans. I think that we'll see them come back to the E3 show floor and not have a separate thing at the Microsoft Studio um, uh, arena or whatever it's called. I don't know because I'm not in America. Um, I think that we'll see them be on the show floor and control. You know that hallway where you've had the PlayStation and Xbox always next to each other? I think they'll have it all. And I think that, I think E3 for number one is they know they've got to cut their prices. And I think Xbox will gobble up the, the floor space and be like, all right, what can we get out of here? I think obviously we will see a ton of new IPs. I see a ton of third parties wanting to partner with Xbox now because of PlayStation not being there. And uh, yeah, it should be really, really, really interesting. So we'll have to wait and see what's going to be shown. But it's nice to hear Phil talking um, about it and knowing the, a statement like this is going to get people hyped up, so we'll have to wait and see for what it is. Yeah, it'll be interesting of, like, what's the hot game that month, that cycle that they're really promoting and pushing. You know, in my mind, of course, when I think of a fan fest, we could put on any game. We could have a Crackdown 5v5 arena area. We could keep moving down the list of different games that you could play in a fan fest setting and have everybody enjoy it. And I think the more hands on the controllers, the more game time spent from your fans, the better. We always talk about these expos having gigantic lines where yeah. now you're waiting or Nintendo did a good job last year of like, now you have to set up an appointment and make sure you're there on time. You know, that kind of changes the fans outlook and perspective on things. So the more that you can hang out, play games with friends, go meet these big Xbox personalities yeah. that you've always wanted to see in person, real close, maybe a cool lounge to hang out and take photos. Now is the time for them to put the Xbox experience front and center for everybody out there. And I think that starts with like, how do you make sure the messaging was, hey, I had a great time there. Me and all my friends got to play 10 games. We never had to wait in line. They had a cool lounge. I got to shake Phil Spencer's hands. How do you make that fan experience go to the next level now and really try to dominate that area? Yeah, and the key thing there is, and it's because of Xbox. It's not like, really, you're going to have Nintendo, you're going to have a couple of third parties, obviously, but 
it's going to be Xbox. It's Xbox's time to shine. Sony have Sony not being there means they're going to do their own show this year. You've got to assume, but it's a real interesting time, and we'll have to wait and see on what's going to happen. Uh, Patreon producer this month is your boy Mike Lynch, of course, keeping us alive, keeping this show going. Without him. Who knows where we'd be? Who knows what we'd be doing? Who knows? So, Mike, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Lynch, for the support this week on this show. Um, he hasn't got anything to promote at the moment, so we'll have to wait and see. He's been, I know he's hyped for Anthem and Division. That's where we first met in Division, so should be an interesting one when we finally get him on. News this week. Jeez, we've got a long ass show. We'll get through it, I promise. Uh, former head of Nintendo Indies uh, joins Xbox. Damon Baker, former head of partner management of Nintendo of America, has officially joined Microsoft as head of portfolio for Xbox. And that's through Twitter, Baker said. Quote, been soaking up uh, been soaking up knowledge that this last month as the new head of portfolio for Xbox. Honored and excited to help uh, evaluate all second and third party content towards our strategy. Um obviously this is a big one, Mike. Um this is the man that was handling things with Nintendo. I feel like this is something that Xbox do need to get better at, where Phil Phil come out and said, oh, I don't really want these these third-party deals, I don't really want these second-party deals, where I was one of the, the few times I was like, oh, I actually think you're wrong. I do think that people associate FIFA and Call of Duty and with PlayStation, and that's why you've lost this 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 marketplace and lost this war this generation. Uh, but now, hopefully with a man like, obviously... Um, Mr. Baker on, who's come over, knows what he's doing, um, helped Nintendo with their indies, which we all know the Switch right now doing fantastic with indies. Maybe we see a lot more second and third party content, um, timed exclusive and exclusive content over on the Xbox platform, which would be cool. Yeah, this is a big role for the team, of course. Everybody has one of these roles, trying to develop those relationships and add to the player experience, the console, you know, cycle itself. And this is going to be a good one. It will be exciting to see what he can bring to the table. Of course, I don't know much about that. You know, on the Nintendo side, I can't really judge what their second and third parties truly look like. But I will say this, Fix hit it well. When I think of some of these bigger game titles, it's always PlayStation, PlayStation, better on PlayStation. So nice to see that green splash over there. Try to work out some sort of fun deals where you get some content timed exclusives or you just let them know that it's best on Xbox. That was the tagline that they used for a fair amount of these games back in the day. And that should be the tagline still to this day. It's the best experience on Xbox. And that's what I want to see for a lot of these games. Yeah, it should be it should be cool, and uh, I like I like the ones where it's like skins and stuff like that. Like I always see PlayStation get like these cool like Uncharted skin or this skin or that skin, and PlayStation Xbox I get it, they don't have those iconic characters, but there are a few. I'd love like a Dom skin in a game and stuff like that. Um, I know like we great in Rocket League, but you know what I mean. I'd love I'd love more and more. So hopefully, uh, Mr. Baker can work out some deals with that. So should be cool. Uh, next one, Fortnite changes are on the way for V-Buck Llamas. Epic is introducing X-Ray Llamas to Fortnite Save the World mode so that players can see the content before they buy. The new Llamas are just V-Buck uh, Llamas that have added benefits of you being able to see what's inside the new system means that players won't have to buy multiple V-Buck Llamas and they'll refresh daily. If you're not interested in a Llama, what has to offer that day, you can just wait until the next day. Quote, we are making this change so we can show you the rewards of each llama one at a time, which gives you more choice in the llamas you decide to open, reads the official Epic update. The price won't change, and it says, uh, it, and it will stay the same when the llama upgrades. This x-ray uh, feature only applies to V-Buck llamas. Mini llamas and event llamas won't be x-ray llamas. And as a result, you won't be able to open multiple of these with the resources earned through playing the game save the world blah 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 blah. i don't play save the world mode but i do think this is really cool to give an option for people that don't want to keep throwing money and in and in and in and in good guy epic obviously right now the the market they're controlling the marketplace on pc they're like getting some mind share over there i should say really um just another another smart move for them so 
Hopefully. Yeah, this is the right move. The Save the World audience is much different than your Battle Royale audience. Yeah. Of course, it's a little bit smaller, a little more fine-tuned. But at the same time, Epic and Fortnite have made their big strides and have made such a great role in the public because you could always see what you were buying. It never yeah. came down to a 50-50 loot box, which you didn't know what was in it. It was always, here's the seven skins for the day. If you want them, buy them. If you don't want them, you wait till tomorrow. But at least you see up front on what you're buying. And with an audience with Save the World, which in my mind, I don't know who's truly playing that, but I picture more of a younger crowd, maybe yeah. a younger audience with maybe their parents' money going into this. That is the right thing. And me and Fix have talked about it from FIFA to NBA 2K, these card packs. Yes, they usually write down the top five names in the card pack. So they try to tell you yeah. as many as possible, but you truly don't know what's coming into it. And so when you're spending real world money, it is almost like gambling of, you don't know what you're going to get. And in a game like Fortnite Save the World, it's probably best to be upfront and center about of like, hey, let's save these kids and the parents' aggravation of like, this is what your son or daughter is going to get. You can buy it if you want it. If you don't, let's wait till tomorrow and keep it moving. So that's the right move by Epic. I hope other games will do this, but I don't think FIFA and NBA 2K card packs will ever change in the near future that they're they're a cash cow they gotta stay yeah unfortunately no i just think it's good guy epic it's good marketing it's good messaging and uh to get in front of it and keep getting in front of it that's all they gotta keep doing well here comes the rock block of resident evil news resident evil 2 original avatars will be coming to the game in march resident evil 2 players will be able to use classic skins from the original 1998 game i cannot in the remake at launch if they picked up the special promotional item according to a sighting on recent error the news was announced at the resident evil 2 launch party event stating that it is part of a special japanese promotion the skins uh, sorry the skins will reportedly be available for everyone on march 22nd however it's unclear if it will if it's this is a promotion limited to japan or if it will become region uh to other regions post-launch. It will 100% become to other regions. 100%. There's no way they keep this in one place. Um, let me get through it all and then we can break it down. That's, that's a pretty easy one, Mike. Play as a 1988 character. Play as your old Leon. Play as your old Claire. Cool. They did with Metal Gear Solid 5, if I remember rightly, where you could play as the old Snake. So, just a similar thing to that. Oh, uh, I just think of Tomb Raider. You know, oh, getting the old school yeah. skins in Tomb Raider. So that's what I jumped to of like, am I going to become that pixelated Tomb Raider yeah. looking character in this game? Is that what that yeah. means? Or is it like, hey, we took what this person looks like and then up it and made it look no, better. No, it's, so it'll be interesting to see. I already see the pictures. So it's literally the old school model in the new game. So it's all polygon, uh, polygony and stuff like that, which obviously looks weird and out of place in this game. But it's actually quite fun. It looks cool. Um, next one Resident Evil 2 Remake gets free Ghost Survivor update in February I was shocked when I saw this absolutely shocked Resident Evil 2 Remake gets this Ghost Survivor mode as a free update on February 15th Capcom has announced this includes what if stories of three people who never made it out of Raccoon City the gunshot owner the, the mayor's uh, the mayor's daughter and the soldier they called They've called no time to Moron, Runaway, and the Forgotten Soldier. In Resident Evil Story, the gunshop owner, Robert Kendo, and the mayor's daughter, Katharina uh, Warren, um, is murdered by Chief Owens. We're not sure who the soldier is, though. So this is actually huge. This wasn't in the uh, OG games. This is totally what-if scenarios. So what if uh, the, the Robert Kendo, the gunshot man, what happens with his daughter, I would assume? Uh, what happens if she doesn't get bit? Something like that, I imagine. This is really, really, really cool. And I think this is something to feed people because there are, there are the, the, the naysayers out there saying, oh, this game's really good, it's really amazing, but it's too short. So it's really cool to have an have a have some more content. I'd expect an hour and a half to finish all three. These little vineyards, half Ooh. an hour each. Cool. Why not? Why not? I'm looking forward to it. You interested in that? Free, oh yeah, free content and add-on to this awesome game that's already incredible. Yeah, this is exactly what you Resident Evil fans want, and this is the right move by Capcom right now. Really getting that fan service. People are gonna start looking like, man, I like this. I like this. Yeah, I'm, I like it. <laughs> I was super shocked when I found out about it. I was like, wow, this is 
This is actually really cool and really interesting. Uh, next story, Resident Evil 2 is Capcom's biggest launch since Resident Evil 7. We did it, guys. I can't believe it, but we did it. I'm so thankful. I'm very, 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 very happy that we have beat Resident Evil 7, because it's not a real Resident Evil game. I will go to my graves then, I swear. Uh, Resident Evil 2 is back on top of the UK charts, 20 years on from its original launch. Capcom's shiny remaster uh, is the publisher's biggest new arrival for two years, since Resident Evil 7, back in the same January slot in two, uh, 2017, Resident Evil 2's launch numbers are a bit lower by around 18%, than Resident Evil 7's, but this doesn't factor in uh, raising a percentage of digital copies sold. As ever, UK uh, number company chart track only counts box copies. Uh, but what we can say for sure, though, is Resident Evil 2 beat the launch week of Monster Hunter World, Capcom's biggest January release last year, which went on to become the publisher's best-selling game ever. Mike, we did it. We did it, we did it, we did it. People listened to me, and we bought the game, and we did it. I'm so happy. That means we're definitely going to get free. Definitely. Um, there's another story I'll just quickly round up. I'll just read the title of this one, which is, we know this much so far, Resident Evil 2 has already shipped 3 million copies worldwide. So we know it's past that. I think Resident Evil 2 was one of the best Resident Evil games to sell. Um, and I'm so thankful that people bought this game. People are enjoying this game. It critically doing well. It's selling well. This just does so many great things for the Resident Evil franchise. And I'm really interested to see where we do, what we do with 8 now. Because 2, Remake 2, is better than 7. In every way, shape, and form. In my opinion. Uh, I can jump on that right now. I really enjoyed Biohazard, a.k.a. 7. I, uh... I thought it was cool. It's a different feel as opposed to being trapped in the house with just maybe the three, you know, people that are out there to try to get you the family members. The zombie feels of like when you turn a corner, there could be two, there could be three, there could be five. And then the liquors on top of that. It It's more of a Resident Evil game to me. And yes. I think that's what makes it more fun. And the love and care that they put into remaking this game you can tell went a long way and got people super excited for a game that was made so long ago. And look, the fan service paid off. People are excited. It's selling well. And I would love to see what more games old school wise you could see get this true fan service and actually sell really, really well. And what else could come out? Resident Evil 8, is that the next mindset? Or will they remake 3? Will that be truly the next step here? Be interesting what comes out next for my Resident Evil gameplay. Yeah, I think we get Remake 3, then we get 8, then we get Remake over on a car, then we get 9, then we get Remake 4, then we get 10. That's just wishful thinking. Um, <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077 head writer joins Blizzard. There's nothing really more to this um, this story, if we're being honest. It was posted on his LinkedIn, um, and they have confirmed it, that he's left CG Project Red for Blizzard. Um, shout out to Mr. Sebastian himself. Um, this one, people got a little bit worried about this one. I would say the writing's already done on Cyberpunk 2077. That's one of the first yes. things we would get done. Um, but what it does leave open is the conversation for... We've heard some bad things going on at CD Projekt Red. Um, bad working environments and crunch and stuff like that. And do you think this is people just trying to get out of that company really quickly now once projects are finished? Or is this just, but I'm finished with my game. Blizzard have got a job opening. I'm going to go and help them out there. Uh, you know, I'd have to stay more in tune with what's happening over there as we continue to get closer to that release date and how fast people start dropping off, whether it be for, hey, the project's over and it's time to find a new job, or if it's truly workplace-related and maybe they're not pleased with it. I think when you see this writer go, I think truly the writing is done. We're ready to fine-tune this game and release it. So it sounds about right for the normal cycle of this kind of games industry of the game is ramped up, we finish it, okay, we move on to the next project, or I go to another company. And joining Blizzard's a great one. You would have to really keep an eye on what's happening over there to see if people are leaving due to the workplace itself. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, and we'll, we'll find out more soon enough. Nothing stays quiet forever, so we shall see. 
Uh, next one, Bethesda squashes rumours of Fallout 76 going free to play. Retail copies of Fallout 76 are not being pulled in preparation for the game to go in free to play. Rumours began circulating following a, a video from YouTuber uh, The Quarantine who presented a number of instances of standard editions of Fallout being unavailable on an Australian retailer EB Games. Websites have notably low stock on Amazon.com uh, in the video game. He suspected that the game could be going free to play with the video description reading. Someone reaching out to me from EB Games in Australia mentioning the game was likely to go free to play. After gathering momentum on Reddit, one player asked the developer outright on Twitter about this rumor, seeing that they want a refund if this was true, if the claims were true. Bethesda responded by a set tweeting, quote, there is no truth in this rumor, end quote. Thank you, Bethesda, for shutting that down as quick as you did. I may not like the game. I may be pe people do like it. Mike likes it, obviously. Fifth best game on his top ten list. He was definitely higher that day. Definitely higher. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad I, I mean, I would have liked it to go free to play so I could actually play it then and wouldn't feel bad about putting money in. But, no, I'm glad I didn't. What do you think of this, Mike? Yeah. I think you would have increased your player base if you've gone free to play, but we're already so past the release and the stumbles and the bumbles and all the bad press mm -hmm. to the point where we're not going to change the tide now. We're in this to win this. We're selling it at a cheaper price. I think Fix tagged me one time, where it was like a oh, week later, they sold it for like yeah. 23 bucks. Yeah. So it's like at the same time, there's no going to free to play now. We're already going to get your money or we're going to sell it for a cheaper discounted price because the backlash after that of, just like this kid said, I want my refund now. Then everybody's going to jump on yep. that train. And it's not going to be a good look here in the first year of Fallout. Now, does that mean, hey, Mike, they'll never go free to play? No. But in this first year of release, we're definitely not going to go free to play. I mean, you're going to buy the copy at a discounted price because I'm sure they're already discounted. Yep plenty well now you could just buy it and jump into it and it seems like the rage and the interest of like hey i gotta jump into this game and see how bad it is or how good it is it's kind of passed and swelled down people are playing other games there's no reason to go to free to play now you're not going to get a bigger bump that you already have yeah i i agree i agree and it's just gonna annoy your the audience that are there that's like i want a refund no well why you, you you're giving it away to people yeah but you got this but i don't want that it's just like, it's not worth the headache right now. I do think in a year's time, maybe a year and a half, this does go free to play, uh, but not right now. Next story, Dragon Ball Game Project Z action RPG announced for 2019. Dragon Ball Game Project Z, an action RPG that looks to follow the story of Goku and Dragon Ball Z, is headed to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC later this year yeah there's not much other information out there apart from you can see uh goku running around um the world but nothing else has been announced you a dragon ball fan at all uh never watched dragon ball even in my year of anime that i tried to watch a bunch of anime <laughs> yeah. dragon ball unfortunately did not make the list of my 16 series that i watched uh it's on there eventually maybe one day but i know when i looked out in the community of my twitterverse everybody seemed to be amped up pretty yeah. excited at just kind of like the rumor and what was happening here with this early early development if it's all true yeah no i totally agree I, that's the only reason why it's actually on here i'm not a dragon ball fan either so it did nothing for me but i saw the i saw a ton of people on my twitter like oh my god this could be really big this could be really good the good thing about this is the uh the ninja uh no the naruto team that did the did that game that really blew that game up apparently he's doing this game so that's why people are super amped up and hyped for it so that's cool and last story this week metro exodus install size is 53.45 gigabytes so make sure you got some hard drive space ready games with gold this month january and uh, we've got until the end of january you've got celeste until the 31st and wr6 till february 15th no emails this week on a week where Resident Evil 2 comes out, my favourite game of all time, nobody wants to email in. I am shocked. I am... Every other week I get it. This week, Resident Evil 2, my favourite game of all time, has dropped and nobody cares. No one wants to ask me questions. No one wants to talk about it. I'm, I'm confused. I don't even understand. I'm pretty sure it's just bots listening to this show now. I'm pretty sure. Mike, I'm sorry. No emails for you. 
Stop wailing to the queen. Let's plug, plug, plug and get ourselves out of here. But oh, wait, wait. I have an email for you. Go on then. Oh my gosh. Hey, what's going on, MC Fixer and Snowbike Mike and Amy? This is one of your big fans of the My Xbox and Me podcast. I'm just writing in today because of the recent news that was announced. Metro Exodus and Deep Silver will be taking their game exclusively to the Epic Game Store. They're backing out of Steam. They will still uh, honor pre-orders, but another big title going to the Epic Game Store. Fix, Amy, Mike. What's going on with this? Is this the new world that we're about to live in where Steam might be having a problem with this Epic Game Store taking bigger and bigger titles? You know why that email won't get read up? It's not Xbox related. Plug, plug, plug and get me out of here, Mike. Jesus. He didn't like my email. The email's trash. It's an Xbox show. No one cares about Steam. Go play with your keyboard uh, and masses. Let's see. Snowbike Mike constantly playing Xbox all day. Every day you can find me at Snowbike Mike and on YouTube at Snowbike Mike Gaming. Uh, we're having some fun, and that is all I got to say. Uh, guys, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, everywhere, at MC Fixer. The big one I'm pushing this, this week and for the rest of the month is I'm at 82 subscribers on Twitch, which I've never I've never been this high before in my life. Thank you, Snowbound Mike, for the five gifted. Appreciate it. If we hit 100 subscribers on my channel, at any point, I will do a 24-hour live stream on my Twitch channel. So if you have that Amazon Prime, you have that Twitch Prime, link the accounts. Mike, I don't like your face. Don't think about doing nothing crazy, all right? Um, if you've got that Amazon Prime, you've got that Twitch Prime, link the accounts and come and drop a subscribe, even if it's just for this month uh, over on my channel. Or maybe if you're, you're not a subscriber and you want that another one emote, go get it. So I'd appreciate that. Remember, I do three other podcasts. I've got From the Gamers, which is my other gaming podcast where we talk about everything. We spoke about Steam over there. So if you really want to hear my thoughts... Go check it out over there, Mike. Um, other than that, we got uh, Fix and Friends as well, which is me and my fiance talking. It's pretty much more of a... It's Corey and Friends. It's just me being, like, relaxed, chilled. I'm, like, sat on my sofa, like, sideways, not looking at the camera. And we just sort of talk about life and things like that. This week's episode was, do we believe in luck slash fate? So go check that one out. Mike, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. And until next week, I will love you, leave you, see you all later. Goodbye.